Welcome to Inspired Expressions Podcast. Enjoy these conversations about life, Jesus, church, and so much more. And most of all, may these expressions inspire you. Right, so Eric, thank you so much to agreeing to talk with me on Inspired Expressions. And it's such an honor to have you. And I really appreciate it. You just taking some time and just chatting about with us. And just unveiling your heart in, in this next topic that we're going to chat about. So just thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. I'm happy to be on. And uh, in these weird, crazy times, we're doing more of this than ever. I think I'm a Zoom professional now. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. Yeah, so um, maybe we can just start off you just uh, maybe just talking a bit about... Um, the topic of fathering artists and maybe you can just give us some tools in terms of how to father artists in today, you know, especially in the role of a church, you know, um, obviously there's a place for autistic type people, but they are not always the easiest to work with and they've got so much to give, etc. but sometimes, you know, fail to, to feel, their place, you know, in the church setting, etc. So maybe just if you can just talk about that for for a while. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I when uh, about uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, I was in uh, school in Reading at BSSM, and uh, one day where the uh, the revival group of you know. 55, 60 people were gathered around praying for certain individuals. And at one point it was me and, and the Lance Jacobs, who was the group pastor at the time. Um, he was actually co-leading with Haley Braun, who's South African. Um, they just began to pray over me. And he just said this statement sort of in passing that I would, I would father artists. And I just remember something. I wasn't expectant really. I was just sitting there receiving and, and it was, it was special, but it, when he had that, it went to another level. It was like, oh man, something ignited in, in me very deep. Um, and the whole word father, you know, especially if you're a musician or an artist, you, you, tr- you want to try to stay cool as long as possible. You, you know what I mean? It's like, am I ever, am I going to die to my, my dreams and desires to be relevant and be creative and do my own thing right and so i remember for years people would say this father thing and i would sort of push it away almost like no i want to be your cool brother or your cool bandmate or your friend i don't want to be your dad Mm. um because that's old and that's um your past your time and that's all those things your life is over. Now you're just going to pour into others, um, which is actually beautiful. But the Lord, when that word came and from then on, I began to realize that I had had a fathering spirit my whole life. And it's something that the Lord, I think, wants to instill in every person and every young man and every woman to be a mother um, and every young boy to have, a, have an experience to where they become a healthy father um, at some point. And so I began to really embrace the concept. Um, and really for me, as I began to just do things, 
um, you know, sort of a philosophy or a mindset, you language, um, you know, a structure for that I began to just unearth as I just sort of took one day at a time. And, and so for me, I think to answer your question a bit more directly, it's, I don't, I don't take people through a, a system or a curriculum of steps on how to f be a father of artists. It's more of demonstrating and displaying it and creating a, an atmosphere or an environment which a father does. You know, a lot of times as parents, you know, or spiritual leaders, we kind of think that the biggest moments, the most impactful moments are when we sit them down, our children, and, and we tell them, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And here are the different things that you need to learn and listen and make sure you're home by curfew. And this is why, and hey, that wasn't a smart thing to do. And let's sit down and I'm going to teach you. But, and obviously those things have impact. Um, but I think for me, in my own children, the most impactful moments were when I decided to go into my son's room and just stay there long enough mm. for him to begin to talk to me mm. and just stay there long enough to where he realized I wasn't there to just teach him a lesson. Mm. I wasn't there to correct him. Mm. I was waiting long enough to where he realized that wasn't the goal that I just wanted to be with him. Mm. Um, and once I got into that place, and the trust is built in the connection and the communication and the, the, you know, and so for me, I just try to create that environment with artists where I, they realize that too, that I, I just stay there long enough. I create an environment where they can have um, a safety and a security to be themselves to let the guards down to open up and in that space, you know, is where creativity really flows. And, and so for me, a lot of the groundwork at the beginning of any time I'm trying to, you know, influence or, or encourage an artist is laying that foundation of identity, of yeah. security, of sonship, daughtership, like, and so, you know, a lot of times people can come up to a retreat at the beginning and they're gonna, they think they're going to learn how to craft a song or learn all the steps of what it means to really be fathered or mothered in, in songwriting. And we do some of that, but really it's, it's a heart surgery, a heart connect. And, you know, what soil are you planting the seeds of your creativity? Is it insecurity and fear? Is it, or is it pride and arrogance and entitlement? Or is it a place of radical security and peace? And the kind of art that is created from that sort of soil has so much more of a lasting and eternal impact. Um, yeah. So. That's beautiful, man. That's it. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I think, you know, just building on, on that topic in terms of fathering people, you know, it's definitely, obviously, you know, coming to them with less of an agenda, you know, and like you say, just being, being there, loving them, you know, connecting with them. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's beautiful. And, and I think in general, it is fathering all kinds of people, 
that way, but specifically, you know, artistic type, like you say, it's so important to get behind the, the soil of why they create. And I think there's so many misconceptions in terms of people who are very artistic, but feel that they can't belong in the church because, you know, it's just not the place where they can get that inspiration from, you know, people not really making room for them to really express the fullness of what they feel their creative extent can bring to the table. You know, so many misconceptions of, you know, you need to hurt in able to be inspired or, you know, whatever. So if you, can, right. yeah. So just, if, if you, maybe you can just talk about that for a bit, you know, in terms of um, how people should actually view to make room or the minds that people should have to actually make room for the artists to come to the church, you know, and how, what their function would be in, inside a church setting, you know, for them to actually express their full artistic type. And also the, the lie of, you know, you need to hurt or you need to be depressed, you know, to get inspiration, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite books is uh, the war of art. Um, not a, not a Christian book. There's a few F bombs in there. So but it's, it's an inspiring book and a lot of kingdom thoughts, a lot of kingdom thinking and principles really. Yeah. But um, yeah, some of that he hits on just the resistance that artists oftentimes, I mean, we're all creative yeah. and, and we all have, you know, an artistic, but the, the real like creative that wants to make their life, you know, deposit as, as a, as an artist, um, oftentimes faces so much resistance, um, doubt, um, commitment, discipline, um, community, encouragement, whatever. Mm. And so <clears throat> he really talks about that idea of resistance. And, and so as from the standpoint of the church or even Bethel music, like we, we don't want to be in the way we definitely don't want to be a part of any resistance. So it's like, how can we inspire the artists almost like the Renaissance where the patrons were identifying the artisans and, and they were garnering their trust and creating this space for them to really flourish, you know, and, yeah. but be connected to God and be connected to eternity and this, and you know, the origin, you know, we always want to be original, but though even the word original is got origin in it, it's connected to something back deeper than ourselves and so um i think the struggle sometimes for artists is like i gotta be one of a kind and i can only create when i'm inspired and i've got to go and get into a deep state of turmoil or pain for it to be meaningful and it's just such a lie and like if there's a play if there's a song or a piece of art that comes from that deep place of pain beautiful but um you know there's a couple of things. Christine DeMarco has a talk um, and one of her quotes in it is that joy is deeper than sorrow will ever be. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it, it masquerades as, as deeper than joy, but when we really begin to manifest as kingdom individuals and sons and daughters, like resonating with, with the depth of joy and it's coming through our, our creative expression you know it gives us i think the boldness and the courage to just do it every day and so for me i really try also you know one of the things in that war of art book is he says i only create when i'm inspired 
only every day at 8 a.m. I only create when I'm inspired every day at 8 a.m. Basically what he's saying is if you wait for just when you're inspired, you're never going to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, so breaking the lie that you've got to wake up at 2 p.m. with your hair messed up and tattoos and be late to meetings uh, and then people will really think you're artistic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if that's who you are and, you know, that's beautiful, but it's like, oh, breaking, breaking those lies of, of what a, an artist, a creative artisan looks like and feels like. And, and I think it's when, when they really feel covered and loved and, you know, the, the real true identity might be eclectic, might be very like, you know, left of center sometimes, yeah. um, but it doesn't have to be, you know? Yeah. Um, and we need an army of artists. Yeah. We need an army of creatives that are getting, you know, disciplined and regimented and consistent um, and trust, trusting um, <clears throat> to be able to create, you know, the art that the world needs. There's 8 billion people on the planet. And I think artists also get a little bit bogged down with where is my art going to go? And I, it's so deep and so meaningful and connected to myself that if I do it, I want to know that it's going to either never be seen by anyone because it's so special or the opposite of like, it's got to go global. Yeah. And, and if I don't know the end game, then I don't even want to do it. And it's like, no, just produce the fruit of your creativity. And whether, if that's local impact, if that's regional, if that's, you know, statewide, if it's global, it doesn't really matter. You can't control that. Mm. All you can control is doing everything is excellently and strategically and from a place of of peace and identity and then let the chips fall where they may and i think a lot of artisans walk around and they're like a tree like an apple tree and they're just the twig stage and and they know they're an apple tree but they're 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 wanting they're just screaming like more worried about someone else knowing they're an apple tree than being concerned about just watering and fertilizing themselves. Mm. And because that, you know, the easiest way for to tell someone you're an apple tree is to hang apples from branches. Mm. The artists, I think, are they spend less time watering and nurturing themselves and their artistry, and they spend more time trying to make sure people think they're an apple tree. Yeah, that's and it. so. If someone's been praying for mangoes their whole life, some prophet, some teacher, some movement, and they've been on their knees praying for mangoes, and all of a sudden you just start hanging mangoes from your tree, they'll break through brick walls to come get you. Yeah. You won't have to want a day of favor or connection. So be worried more about inside out. Yeah, that's so beautiful, man. That's so beautiful. And um, I think, you know, that's definitely my prayer for South Africa and, and the artists, you know, and, and the writers and the musicians. and everybody to just you know grasp this and step into this reality i had a conversation with with andy squires a while back on this um platform and i don't want to misquote him but it was so beautiful to me he said that in his process of uh finding his voice and actually you know writing the songs that he thought he should write so he said that he came to this place where he made the decision that the album cherry blossoms that he said that he doesn't have any other agenda than to write 
to want this songs to say what it's supposed to say and sound what it's supposed to sound like. It doesn't care about, you know, who listens to it or whatever. His only agenda and Mark is to do that. And he said that when he had, when he made that decision to be true to the lyrics and the, and the sound that he felt it should sound like, it was when he actually got an audience for the first time. Yep. And uh, that's, you know, just so beautiful. Like what you're saying as well, you know, if, if that is what you are supposed to be and what you're supposed to create and express, then it will be yep. you know, what the world needs. Beautiful, man. I love that. Uh, if you'd send that to me. Um, yeah, I think that's the scariest part of like, is, am I enough? If, if what I really love and create, you know, is it going to be liked? Is it going to be good enough? And I think, you know, when we really get that, it's one thing to say, you know, something revelation is one thing, but belief and obedience and action connected to that revelation is completely different and takes a lot of trust and faith and boldness but ultimately when we don't act that way of really believing that whatever we create and express it is is connected is connected to god is good enough it's almost like arrogance it's like it's arrogance to god really like you you didn't do a good job with me yeah you made a mistake mm. you I'm flawed instead of that. No, no, you don't make mistakes. You created me perfectly. And, and I have a job of stewarding that. And I have a job of investing, crafting and, and partnering with you, but you make no mistakes. And so that's beautiful. Hey, can we pause for one second? I am so sorry. I've got to take this hard drive to someone that's at the back door. Sure. We'll pause. Mess things up. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's money to talk in the hard senses. One second, let me just text him where it is. All right. Good to go. Awesome. awesome. No problem. So maybe just um, you you were mentioning about the artist that's trying so hard to try and show people that they are, you know, for, for example, an apple tree, but not focusing on actually uh, being healthy, you know, tending to itself. 
from the inside out. And so maybe you could just give a few tips that you've discovered tips on being healthy, tips on being staying healthy as an artist, stuff that you can do, you know, being connected to people, you know, check, check yourself in these ways. If you can just maybe just give a few pointers. Well, that's great, man. I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, talking with people that you're close to, that you trust to pour into you, you know, mm. reading, um, making sure you have a healthy self-awareness of how you're feeling. Like, do you understand that you're scared? Do you understand that you have a fear of maybe missing out, not being enough, or fear of reject? Are you aware of those triggers? You know, I call it, you know, I have a whole whole teaching on it, but it's like we we can be doing great and we can have our Christian cup of coffee and our quiet time and we're feeling really great. And then we go somewhere and something triggers us. A group of people that we have a past situation with or someone we're jealous of or someone that's got an opportunity that you don't have or someone makes a statement that all of a sudden you fearful and and those triggers move us out of a place of identity and they they move us to usually a place of fear insecurity or pride arrogance entitlement and then what we try to do is oftentimes process what we're feeling from those places um it can even masquerade as wisdom and when we're not aware that we're fearful or prideful we begin to even read scripture and implement scripture from those places. You know, parents do it all the time. Yeah. Something cures them, they move out of that place of identity and security and peace. And then they start disciplining their kids with the scripture because they're scared and they're not even realizing it. Yeah. And so for me, I think practically it's like, that seems sort of like an intangible, almost like a, like a, um, you know, an impartation that would need to happen. And I actually do that a lot is try to impart that revel that sort of encounter to people almost as if you begin to have, and this did happen to me, the Lord came and just, it was like a gift, but it was almost as if I had an arrow in front of me that I could see as I was living my life in my, as soon as I started to move toward fear or move toward pride, it was like this digital arrow almost like I and I'm like oh my goodness like we operate so often out of a place of identity it's crazy mm. you know like we could look at a pie graph if the Lord would show us a pie graph hey today almost like screen time if, if he could show you your your day and you you were operating from a place of peace a mindset of security in your, in your thoughts and the way that you were processing something and the way you were talking to someone. And this is how much you were processing from a place of fear and insecurity and pride or arrogance or entitlement. I think we'd be surprised. Definitely. And in the Lord. And so for me, man, if we can have the artists and the creatives operating more from that place, what kind of art would be created? Yeah. So like, Spending the time to have that healthy awareness, having input, like asking questions, like how do you perceive me, you know, blind spots that you have, like 
getting people that you really love and trust to tell the hard things and um you know not being isolated and, and unaware of of those things you know yeah um really throughout the day man i i really try i think sometimes we oftentimes measure things too too deeply and too like there's too much on the line it's um too high stakes i think as artists sometimes mm. and um you know and so we we oftentimes find ourselves measuring 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 too quickly instead of just adjusting to the voice of the lord yeah. if we flip this and man i just oh i made a mistake oh adjust oh i thought god said this he didn't oh adjust like just to, the lord's not so concerned about you getting everything perfect and right oh he's, yeah. are you with are you with me like, yeah. i can handle your mistakes i be just be with me be so tender that you're like a rudder in my hand versus we just measure 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 right did i get it right did I get it? instead of man measure every six months and then and just be more concerned about adjusting to his voice and so three times, I literally do three things all day long. I try to all day. Is my heart pure? And it's not like some rote computer robot thing. It's yeah. it's a thing that I've cultivated that's like, no, there's no way. Is my heart good? Is my heart pure? Really? Truly pure? No agenda. Open-handed. Yeah. Okay. Then I consider God in whatever I'm doing. I let him mix down into whatever I'm doing. A song, a piece of art, a question I have, a pain point a relational conflict, whatever. And then three, I do whatever I think he said. Mm, that's so good. Wow. And, and man, if we lived our lives that way more, mm. you know, yeah. and it's like I have this picture of the Lord going like, you know, even myself, like if my son comes with a pure heart, considers me as his father and asks me something and then tries to do what he think I said and, and so he's down there and he's like cutting the red wire to the bomb instead of cutting the green wire. But he really thought I said cut red wire and I know his heart's pure. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, it's like, that's the, yeah. you know, okay, we'll clean it up. And I'm like, no, no, I said the red wire. Don't cut the red wire. Cut the green wire. Either that or the Lord just comes and switches it all of a sudden and makes it right. You know, it's like, he's yeah. more concerned about that heart posture and our willingness to do what he says. Yeah. Faith without action. And so as creatives, you know, taking those little moments of like, I'm not gonna judge and measure my lyrics so fast or my melody. I'm like, I'm just gonna do it and then I'll adjust and I'll get input and like that freedom, that freedom to create and and um and not measure so fast, just yeah, be more concerned about being with God. And I mean, that's true, I, authentic yeah. creativity anyway. Otherwise, yeah. we start trying to make things that we think people want. Yeah. And that's rubbish. Yeah, I think that is also an important um, topic. But I mean, let's just, let's just repeat that one thing that you just said, just because I think this is something so powerful and something that people can really work with is that three things you can do every day. You check if your heart is pure you know, in front of God. The second one is? Actually allow him to access, consider him and allow him to speak in and trust that he will. And trust that he will. And the third thing is actually do what he said. 
to you. Yeah. Yeah. And when you consider God, it's like his answers are so infinite. It's, it's, it could be just a feeling, or it could be a scripture, it could be a movie, it could be a friend saying something in passing that they didn't even know. It's like, yeah. I just become aware. I, I make myself aware. Mm. I, I'm going to consider God and then like, oh, I'm going to trust that I've been designed to hear his voice. His spirit is inside of me. Mm. And then I've considered it with a pure heart. I'm going to do whatever I think he said. No, that's a good name. I always say um, we, we try so hard to hear God that we never really hear him because, you know, he actually designed us to hear him. And we try so hard sometimes to be spiritual that we're actually not because uh, we shouldn't try that hard. We should just be. You know, we are we are human beings, not human doings. We should just relax and be who he made us to be. Um, and then, and I think, yeah, sorry. But he's wanting, he's wanting that connection. I think he's he's looking for those believers that actually trust him, yeah. that they're spirit beings, and that it's a, a blend of that, the truth of the word and the scriptures, but the, the spirit as well blending. And he's, he's yeah, and I think, as he sees that you're willing to do that and you're cultivating a, you know, a history with him, mm. the dial, the volume dial of his voice gets turned up. It's almost like if I were to start music right now, I think the way we act as Christians is like, if I turn on music right now on 10, it would shock, it would shock you. If I started at one right now and then I turned it slowly up to 10, we could probably absorb it and get into it. Mm. And I think, but Christians, it's like, we want the 10 yeah. right now. And the Lord's like, that, that wouldn't be good for you. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be able to handle the fullness of my voice. Why don't you start with faith and, and then I'll, I'll turn it up as I begin to develop a history of trust with you. And also, it's, it's almost so much unnecessary pressure that we try to put on ourselves because, you know, we, we won't be able to handle it like you say. We won't be able to handle just 10 you know, straight away. Just like, don't put that pressure on you. Um, and I love what you said now in terms of, you know, being authentic as well. You just, you know, you said that if we don't position ourselves in that place, we won't create from a place of authenticity. We would, you know, and um, I mean, I think that's something that is really, really needed in today's world artists, preachers, musicians, whoever, worship leaders, creatives, is that it needs to be authentic. And I think so So many times, like you say, we can create with the template of what would, what do people want to hear right now or whatever, instead of, you know, what am I actually really, really feeling from the inside out, adjusting to what he's actually calling us to do. And um, I think in terms of, of songwriting, as well, I think there's a trick in terms of this is what works in the industry right now. This is the type of music that actually works in the industry right now. So if I write from that perspective, am I truly going to be authentic? You know? Um, right. So, yeah, maybe you can What's just... Crazy? What's crazy? Oh, sorry. Did I interrupt you? No, I just wanted to say, I mean, you can just give your perspective about authenticity on, on that matter. Well, what's What's kind of crazy is when you let go of the need or the motivation to be accepted only if you do things that you know people will like or that the world is doing or the current sound or whatever, when you relinquish that to really be like, no, is 
is when you get permission to actually utilize some of those things. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's backwards. It's like when that's your motivation foundationally, then it's just like, it's not really true or authentic or original or ultimately going to be as impactful. It, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's contrived. It's stopped up. It's, it's the wrong motivation. When yeah. your motivation is to be like completely yourself, well then all of a sudden you can pull in elements and let, let some of those things influence. You know, one of my other favorite books is a uh, steal like an artist. And, um, at first, kind of like an assaulting because artists tend to be like, oh no, I, I want to be completely original. I want a new sound and I want to do something that's never been done before. And it's like, really, you don't want to have learned from your great grandmother and her and your grandmother and your mother. And you don't want to have something that's been poured and passed down through you for generations. Like, that's not really probably too wise. Yeah. And so this book really, so many great one liners in there, but this concept of, no, we actually find our original thing, things that would no one would ever do in embracing someone else from our past. And it talks about Kobe Bryant, like taking on, he, he began to emulate and cop Michael Jordan. And in doing so, he realized, oh, my body's different. My feet are bigger and I moved different. But in emulating, he created Kobe moves. And but it, was, it was honoring someone that he knew as a standard. And it's, um, you know, sometimes we're afraid to do, I, in some of my songwriting classes, I, I tell people like, hey, if you're stuck, write, write Coldplay's next song. Yeah. Write, write Radiohead's next song. It's in this book, Austin Clone uh, penned it. But he gets them to, you know what I mean? Like, start somewhere in, in trying to make copy a sound you end up creating your own sound. Yeah, just to get them going. But the motivation is so key. It's like, oh, honoring the past, honoring what's going on in the world and letting that, don't be so arrogant, allowing that to influence you, but then bringing your full self to the table. That's different than yeah. I'm just trying to make music like everyone else. No, I want to actually see like the great artists. I want to think like the great artists. Hmm. And then as I begin to do that myself, I'll have a, a, an authentic expression. Yeah. And there's one quote I wanted to read. It's Paul Manwaring. I don't know if you know Paul. I love Paul. But he said, um, if what we create doesn't point back to God, the creator, it will ultimately point back to the artist and eventually try to make us a God and there are, oh, and our art an idol. What you create doesn't point back to God, the creator. It will point back to the artist and eventually try to make them a God and their art an idol. Wow. I love that quote. Yeah, that's a good, so deep, man. I think uh, if you can just take that quote to heart and just filter all your creativity through that, I think you'll be good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, one of one of the things, if, if you've heard me talk for more than 30 minutes, you've probably heard me say this before, but the Lord spoke to me about 10 years ago when I'd moved up. I'd left everything to come out to Reading and sort of pursue these dreams of, 
of life with God at a deeper level in, in, in music and creativity and ministry and all that. And I heard him say on one time on my way to work that um, he's in my spirit, don't chase the God, don't chase the dreams God has for you. Don't chase the dreams God has for you. And I was like, what? Like I left everything. I left a great income. I left all this stuff, opportunity. And so I pulled my car over actually. And then he began to just unearthing this in my spirit. And, and then he said, don't chase the dreams God has for you. Chase the God who has dreams for you. Wow. And I was like, oh man, it's just this, it's just this yeah. tiny alignment. And so many times artists, it's so hard because it's like our babies and like our dreams to make an impact, to make a difference, to do something that's worthwhile, that's, you know, going to wow either ourselves or the people we want to influence. And, and if we're not careful, it's like we can start off like, oh, man, God, it's about you. I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden he shows us a little taste of our dreams or what we could do. And it's like, if we're not careful, we just start chasing that thing. Definitely. But can we get really good at having those things in our peripheral? It's all about him. And then like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm going to I'm strategize about that. But God, it's about you. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I can't even believe it. That's too good to be true. Oh, God, it's about you. And then he just keeps pouring more and more and more. If we can keep that alignment. I think and, that's, um, that's a good aspect. I think, you know, especially for artists, and and even like just like young people, you know, just to to, to to grab a hold of that thing. That's a beautiful revelation in terms of just staying focused on him, chasing the God who has good dreams for you. That's so beautiful. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And I think so, so many things that's connected, like you said, this, that's connected to this whole uh, revelation about who God is for you as an, as a person, as an artist, you know, the other day I had this moment with my son, my son is about two and a half years old right now. And, um, I was just interrupting him while he was watching TV, just kissing him, just irritating him with my love, you know? And, um, while I was just doing this, I just felt God speaking to me during the evening and I felt him speaking to me and he told me like, sit down and write. And I started writing and he just started uploading stuff into my spirit and, I had, this, I had this revelation about I I go and I, I irritate him with, with, with my, my love towards him. I, I kiss him and I, I ask him, do you love me? Do you love me? Even if he ignores me because he's watching TV until he says like, yes, I love you, whatever. But I'm not asking him, do you love me? Because I want him to prove anything. That's not my, my desire. Like I know he loves me. It's just, it's just out of pure delight. It's just out of pure pleasure, you know? because we are in communion with each other. We are in community with each other. And so he doesn't have to prove anything, but I, I, I love it when he, when, he, when, he, when he talks to me, when he says, you know, I love you. And I, I think just as an artist or as a person, just to understand that place that you listen, like as a son or as a daughter, you never ever, if you live in community with him, if you live, you never ever have to prove your love through your art, mm. through your work, through whoever you are. You can just, you can just enjoy pleasure with him and just create from a place of that being inspired of a place, you know, from, from that place. And I think that's so important just to, just to keep connected to them, you know. Beautiful, man. That's so good. Yeah. So oh, there's, uh, 
just one more thing and then I think we can be done. Just maybe you can just give some, some tips in terms of finding and keeping inspiration. You know, I know obviously people think that inspiration just drops naturally, but obviously it's something that you need to intentionally pursue. Um, maybe you can just give a bit of insight in, in that topic. No, that's great. I would say the first, first thing is just don't quit. Um, but then, um, also surrounding yourself, putting, putting yourself into environments that stretch you, I think is important too. You know, some of, I remember some of my first songs came because someone just told me to start singing over a chord progression. Mm. And I had a verse, I didn't have a chorus. And right then and there, they're like, okay, we'll just start singing something. And I'm like, oh, right now? Just like right out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have any words. Well, it doesn't matter. Just start singing in front of like three or four other people. And I just remember feeling like almost like I was floating off. You know, that feeling of like reality is like, what's happening? Am I going to do this? Um, but I leaned in and it was trash. It was awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, you know, because I didn't have words and then voice cracked. And then, and he's like, okay, do it again. Play the chord progression again. Do it again. And all by about, I don't know, the seventh or eighth time, maybe the ninth time, boom, magic. The melody, the lyric, and everyone in the room knew. And it's like, yeah. are you willing? Are you willing to? not be perfect in the moment to get there and we we so want people to think that we, it's not a mess it's just we always shoot gold out of our rear ends like you know <laughs> like like i had this picture of this girl time and she was in this really really fancy like ship's kitchen and it was a, a castle and the king was out waiting for his lunch and she was in making sandwiches and and she, for him, and she was making the sandwich and then got mustard on the bread. So she threw it away and made another one and the lettuce crumpled it. And so she threw it away and did it. And then finally, after like 30 sandwiches, she got it perfect and then brings it out to him. Mm. And all of a sudden, though, the king discovers when he goes back into the kitchen at some point or whatever, that there's like 30 sandwiches in the trash. And I was, and, and he, and basically the thing like, hey, look, just, don't be afraid to make your sandwiches in front of people. Like the fact that they would know that it took that many times is okay. Like, yeah. Otherwise you're going to be trying to protect something. You're going to be trying to, you're going to spend so much energy trying to make someone perceive, think of you in a certain way, instead of being willing to just go and do it. And I think that's actually more inspiring at the end of the day. And there are different levels of talent and there's people that can start melodies right now and sing amazing things. Yeah. But, I think for me, it's like, be unafraid to make mistakes and just don't quit. Yeah. Um, and put yourself in places of risk and sign up for things that, you know, that have a deadline and goals. Um, you know, because if you don't, then you, you just, years can go by and you're not planting seeds. And, pl and so you, you, many times artists can have these deep things inside their heart and their mind but they never took the boldness to plant the seed and nurture it. And so then five, six, 10 years go by and they have no garden. They have nothing to feed people. That's good. 
now for me personally like even myself i need to give myself a deadline otherwise precisely as you say you have these deep thoughts and deep ideas but you're just not going to produce anything that's good um but i think this the um, last thing and then i've got to go as well but i think one of the reasons why i'm doing what i'm doing is there is a there is an ownership no one can do it for you aspect right so it's like the artists need to step up to the plate and be willing to just go after it right but then there's this other side of who's creating the opportunities who's stewarding the environments who's who's actually pulling in it's a blend so for me i want more and more people to try to create opportunities yeah for these artists actually get these tangible yeah like you know definitely yeah I, I watched the other day, I watched John Mark um, McMillan uh, give, give some, some sort of response to songwriting. I think it was on Instagram and he said, you know, a lot of people ask him about giving songwriting courses and, and, and stuff like that. But he said that he never does that because he's not really great at that. He said the only difference between him and somebody else is uh, he sits down. And he's willing not to move until something happens, you know, yep. where, where a lot of people just gets up and leave. And he says, that's the only, yep. he's not a better songwriter than anybody. He just sits down and, and is willing to wait long enough. Yep. And that's so, right. But yeah, I love, I love so, that example that you, that you gave right now. I mean, that's so brilliant. That's so good. So thanks, um, Eric, just for sharing with us. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a new song coming up. Oh yeah, so I have a new a new music venture band called Allen, and uh, it's more general market music and just mainstream. And it's called Lost in Love. Comes out Friday, so check okay. it out. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. And if anybody listens, go and check it out. Thanks for 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 sharing with us, man. You were inspiration, and we really enjoyed having you on this platform. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. 